Ginger Gerald, you lucky bastard, is a podcast about the reality of a Brit living overseas. A combination of experiences and anecdotes, this pod is both entertaining and insightful and will almost certainly enrich your life. As the title suggests, this pod does contain the odd expletive. Hello everybody and welcome back to Ginger Gerald, you lucky bastard. I hope you enjoyed the first episode and that you've come back full of energy and with positive vibes, just waiting to see what nuggets of intelligence and wit I can come up with today to enrich your lives. Well, whether you liked the first episode or not, do me a favour and pass the pod if you liked it, then maybe your friends and family and your contacts will like it. And if you didn't, thank you very much for giving me a second chance. But maybe your folks will like it anyway. So share it, talk about it, do your bit. Because I've got tons of stuff lined up to share with you and to enlighten you. Well, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. But you know what? There's something in this podcast for all of us. So I am Ginger Gerald, I am Ginger, and my name's Gerald, remember? And from last week, you already know a little bit about my family, you know all about D-Day, that was the decision to move from Brighton to Cancun, and how the opportunity arose in the first place. You may have already decided whether or not that was a reckless decision and the worst bit of parenting known to man. Well, you may think it was a brave, boundary-pushing, avant-garde, revolutionary move. Or maybe neither of those two things. And don't forget, the biggest question of them all. Is Ginger Gerald a lucky bastard or not? In a few weeks' time, when we've worked through a few more experiences and issues together, when I've shared a bit more of the real nitty-gritty of overseas life, I'm going to put a poll out there to let you decide if Ginger Gerald is a lucky bastard or not. It's going to be a very simple vote. I won't be lying to you or trying to manipulate your vote. I won't give you free beer if you vote the way I want you to. After all, who'd do that? Now, for some reason, that's just reminded me of Brexit. That's going to be a theme, part of bureaucracy, I think. That'll be coming up in a few weeks' time, a little bit later in the series. And that particular episode may come with an additional health warning for expletives. Speaking of expletives, and just before I get on with today's theme of the weather, I've been asked a few times why a bloke who was born and brought up in Stoke-on-Trent says bastard instead of bastard. Well, the truth is, I don't. If someone cuts me up when they're driving or they behave like a complete twat, then my natural reaction is to call them a bastard. Under my breath, of course, remember, I'm a little bit diminutive. But there is something about the word bastard pronounced like that which allows me to really extenuate that sound and it seems to just take the edge off the venom of the word a little bit what do you reckon so i'm gonna stick with bastard with that extra little r in there if that's okay with you all and anyway i've already got my family to record the podcast jingle and i don't want to ask them to do it all over again so let's move on Today's a family show and we're going to talk about the weather. Now, what can be more neutral and British than that? Well, I hate to tell you, 
But talking about the weather is not by any means a trait which is specific to the British. Every bugger on the planet loves talking about the weather. When I was a ski rep in the Alps in the early 90s, the ski teachers would greet you early in the morning with you fait froid, you fait froid. Well, what do you expect? Of course it's bloody cold. You're at 2,000 metres above sea level, it's January, there's two metres of snow outside and it's blowing a gale. Then you're on the island of Margarita in Venezuela, where I had the pleasure of living for a few years, within spitting distance of the equator and at sea level, and they'd say to you, que calor, every day. Well, yeah, que calor every day was absolutely accurate. It was hot, always. Now, I bet you can all appreciate this. Imagine, you're flying from the UK on holiday. Doesn't really matter at what time of year, but let's just say to add a bit of extra contrast that you're traveling in May. And for the sake of argument, let's say you go to south of Spain or Turkey or Greece or Cyprus or anywhere in southern Europe or further afield. You land. The plane doors open and you're about to get off. You're probably about just about one meter inside the plane. And then this sort of stale, smelly wall of heat hits you. You've no clue really what temperature it is. It just feels like you've opened the oven door after you've been cooking your Sunday roast and you've climbed into the oven and closed the door behind you. It's unbearable. It's all consuming. How the fuck, you think, do people live like this? It's difficult even to breathe. It feels like there's no air at all. In short, it's a little bit of a shock to the system. Even when you've been there and done it many times before. Now, folks, don't forget, I'm Ginger Gerald. So, despite my very sophisticated and much envied biological design, I'm not really cut out for the heat. Us ginners, you know, the real ones amongst us, we're more designed for the cold, wet, grey days, maybe with a little bit of a biting wind. We're optimised for those conditions. We're like the Ferrari of body types in shit weather. Our skin, our freckles, oh, it's just perfect. We're quite the envy, in fact, of our beautifully olive-tanned brethren. So when I got to Cancun to begin our new life, I think I began sweating within one minute of landing. And I genuinely don't think I actually stopped sweating at any point for at least 12 months. It just poured and poured. It got in my eyes and stung like crazy. Every shirt, no matter what it's made of or how thin it might be, just ends up weighing a ton within a couple of hours. The crotch on your trousers is permanently moist. And as for your boxers, ooh, that constant drip dripping down your bum crack is just the final straw. You know when you have a tap at home that needs a new washer, but you can't be bothered to get it sorted? Well, it felt like I had that very tap strapped to my lower back for a year. Now, when the fine family finally arrived to join me for this beautiful new life we were, begin, we were about to commence, they came through international arrivals, looked around, and they just looked straight through me. So I wasn't there. Now, it's true I was maybe a little bit overweight when I left the UK, but I'd lost about two stone through sweating. 
Well, and possibly the odd dodgy taco from the stall at the bus station downtown. Now, don't get me wrong. I am one massive fan of authentic Mexican food. In fact, I like almost any food and I'm going to devote a whole episode just to food, but not this episode. My dodgy taco, or whatever it actually was, has a lot to answer for. Let me digress from the weather just for a moment with this little story. When you have a new job, the key thing, they say, is to make sure that your first impressions last. So, shortly after arriving in Cancun and having recently consumed aforementioned taco at the bus station, I was taken on a trip to Philadelphia and Chicago to be paraded in front of my new employer's company executives. Let me introduce you all to Ginger Gerald. He's the new chief operating twat I've been telling you all about. He's an amazing guy, but I'm afraid he's also a sweaty little fucker. I got taken out to this really super swanky Italian restaurant along the river in Chicago where the company board were treated like gods and I spent the entire time in the bathroom. I'm not sure I even sat at the table for a minute all night that night. Some of the executives I never saw again in the whole nine years I was there and I often wonder why I never got promotion. Where were we? Oh yes, let's get back to the weather. So. Before going to Mexico, we knew a little bit about hurricanes and we knew that not only was Cancun supremely vulnerable, given its unique geographical location, but also that Hurricane Wilma had wiped out a lot of Cancun the year before we arrived and it had done a huge amount of damage. So I think it's fair to say we were aware, but not too much more than that. Now, it was September when we all got there in Cancun, so we were just entering the high season for hurricanes. Well, we got a little obsessed with hurricanes. Every two minutes we'd be checking the National Hurricane website. Every time the palm trees swayed gently in the beautiful Caribbean breeze, we'd be running round checking we got the wood and we got the tape to board up all the windows. Not that I knew quite how I was going to manage that, as I had no ladders. I think maybe my ladders were still in storage. Anyway, we were a bit on edge to start with as most people were given, most people, given what had happened the previous year with Wilma, um, were a little bit worried about this. But we got used to it and storms seemed to come and go without threatening too much. They had a habit of heading towards us and then veering north to the Dominican Republic or to Jamaica, Cuba, Haiti. So in our neck of the woods, that was considered good news. Of course, it wasn't good news if you lived in one of those destinations, but for us, that was concerned, considered good. And wow, if they were heading towards the state or the coast, the other side of the Gulf of Mexico, then wow, you knew all about it because it was on the news all the time then. Now, T became our hurricane guru. And she did a good job keeping them away for most of the hurricane season, the first season we were there, until one day she gave me a call and she said, Ginger Gerald, there's a fucking big hurricane heading our way and it's almost on top of us. And she was right. So we ran around like headless chickens boarding everything up. Well, as I mentioned before, it was actually my mate, Walberto, who did all the boarding up. I just hovered around, you know, pretending to be in control. We bought all the cans of tuna the next door had left. And of course, a few bottles of wine as we felt we might be in for a long night. 
But before we knew it, the Policia Federal, the Feds, they were cruising around our neighbourhood, blasting out that we had to evacuate our houses immediately and get to safety. Now, technically, we could have stayed put. Some of our neighbours did stay put, specifically to guard their houses and possessions. Just a little word of warning, hurricanes and evacuations provide a golden opportunity for thieving bastards. Anyway, we had very few possessions, uh, and the feds didn't really look like they were that keen on having, you know, a nice roundtable discussion to talk about our options. So our response to them was, Si, senor. And we were out of there, tuna and wine in hand. Good advice, I think. Anyway, we had some mates downtown in a safer area, and they didn't have to evacuate. So we went to join them, and funnily enough, guess what they had? Yes, tuna and wine too. So we camped out at their place, waiting and waiting. We were sort of wanting a bit of drama to unfold, even though those who'd lived through hurricanes before, in particular Wilma the year before, they were desperately praying for calm, of course. Anyway, through the night, we did see and hear some really strong ratchers. Ratchers is the word they use for the outer bands of winds and rain. And there were some periods of torrential rain. But by daybreak, it was pretty clear that the hurricane had passed without causing too much damage. However, we'd had a few bevies throughout the night, of course. We turned it into a bit of a hurricane watch party. Um, so, tea tweeted the BBC from our hideout. Well, maybe we didn't have Twitter in those days, so maybe she sent them a fax. Anyway, she let them know that there might have been a little exaggeration in the conditions because before we knew it, a BBC film crew had turned up at 6am in the morning on the doorstep of her mother's house back in East Sussex and they filmed her calling on us to check if we were okay. Well, we were okay. In fact, we were pretty pissed up and we told them about all the wine we'd had and the tuna. And to be honest, it was funny, but I'm not sure we ever made it onto the news at 10 that night. By the way, do you remember last week I told you that I'd ballsed up? That was the expression I used. I'd ballsed up when it came to selecting our first house for us to live in in Cancun. Well, it turns out that the house we were living in was not only built below sea level, but you actually went into it and then stepped downwards. So when we finally got home from our hurricane hideout, a little embarrassed and with very bad hangovers, um, we discovered that our new house was knee deep in dirty rainwater. That was the first of many, many floods we had in that house. And as it turns out, some of the neighbours actually knew our house was going to flood because it, was it had happened before, but they forgot to tell us. Hmm. Anyway, the hurricane season doesn't go on too long, and then it's followed by the winter, when it gets very cold and it rains. Well, let's just be clear. It doesn't get very cold. It definitely gets slightly less hot. And occasionally, very occasionally, it might get to as low as ooh, 14 or 15 degrees Celsius, something like that. At which point, everybody's wrapped up in bed with hot water bottles, schools closed, and there's a state of emergency for the old folk. I remember dropping Eve J off. He was only, I suppose, five or six at the time. I remember dropping him off at school one morning. Um, and I'll do a whole piece on school and education at some point for the parents out there. Anyway, it was a what I thought was a beautiful winter's day. 
He was in his lovely uniform, little white polo shirt, red shirt, red shorts, trainers. Well, as I dropped him off, I thought the other mums were going to stab me or at the very least report me for child abuse. EJ's best mate, if he actually came to school that day, he would have been in gloves, a scarf, a big coat, earmuffs. Earmuffs, I tell you. I'm not exaggerating. Anyway, we made a bit of a rookie mistake during our first winter here. We went off to the furniture shop to get a couple of nice loungers one day to use in the communal garden area around the communal pool. By the way, this community living bit is quite funny at times and some of those characters are going to come into the series at some point. Anyway, there wasn't a cloud in the sky and temperatures were probably 28 degrees C or so as we wandered into the furniture shop. We knew what we wanted, we asked for what we wanted and the guy in the shop just looked at us like we'd come from Mars, like we were completely mad. He even called his colleagues over to listen in to this couple of hueritos, as we tended to be known, asking for their sun loungers in the winter. The point of the story is, if you live in one of these hot countries, avoid making a dick of yourself by trying to buy pool furniture in what they call the winter. So folks, there we are. In, ooh, just short of 20 minutes, we've covered off that great British, indeed, global talking point of the weather. We've gone from hot and sweaty to sweaty and hot and back again with the odd hurricane and cold snap, which is not very cold, thrown in for good measure. Now, depending where you've been or where you're heading to, where your next move might be, the weather plays a really key and significant part in the change of your lifestyle from the UK. But if Ginger Gerald can adapt, then so can you. Right, time's getting on folks and I'm sure you've got a bunch of things to be getting on with today other than listening to Ginger Gerald rabbit on. So as always, thank you so much for listening in and please tell all your mates to do the same. Now behind the scenes, We've been making a little bit of progress. You can now follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. Just search for Ginger Gerald hyphen, you lucky bastard. And don't forget to put that extra R in, which turns it into bastard. And you can follow us there. You'll see the latest teasers, episodes. You can leave your comments, leave your ideas. And of course, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, we're on Stretcher, and we'll be on some more platforms soon. I'll tell you about that in the next episode or two. So keep an eye out for next week's episode when we'll be covering the very exciting and fun topic, but also very important topic when you move overseas, of making friends. Ah, oh, that's nice, isn't it? See you then. Thank, Thank you, Ginger, Ginger Gerald, for enriching our lives. lives.